From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Ah, welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Hey, uh, get on up to the website. Albert, the intern, has uh, posted some great stories on our slide carousel. That's richardserrett.com. And there you'll find this amazing story. A leading American climate scientist has said he felt scared, quote, end quote, when a shadowy organization claiming to represent the CIA asked him, about the possibility of a weaponized, of, or rather, about the possibility of weaponized weather. Professor Alan Robach received a call three years ago from two men wanting to know if experts would be able to spot a hostile force's attempts to upset the U.S. climate. But he suspected the real intention was to find out how feasible it might be to secretly interfere with the climate of another country. Wow. You can read the entire article. It's entitled The CIA, Weather Warfare and Climate Terrorism by Jim Lee. And that's in the slide carousel, uh, once again, at richardserrett.com. Okay, let's get to the main entree. I was reading recently about uh, a Swedish underground military facility on an island near Stockholm. It's called Moscow. It's a large naval base built underneath a mountain. Just to give you a sense of how large this underground base is, the hospital alone within the facility holds over holds over 1,000 beds. And Moscow engineers blasted out 1.5 million cubic meters of stone in order to build it. And they began construction of the base around 1950. It was completed 19 years later, 1969. Again, during the construction, about 1.5 million tons of rock were removed. The Moscow base had three docks, originally designed for destroyers and submarines, and it's connected by 20 kilometers of underground roads. There's a three-kilometer-long, dangerously narrow road tunnel uh, running some 70 meters under the sea level, connecting the mainland and Moscow Island. And during the Cold War, the underground facility was kept highly secret. Not much information about it was known to the public for many years. Then in 2004, the Swedish government decided the Navy should be concentrated to two bases only. And much of the Moscow base was closed. And today, some parts of the facility are still used by the military. So, having read that about Moscow, I think it would be very naive to believe that there aren't similar secret underground bases here in North America. Perhaps... Bases that are far deeper under our feet, far more expansive than we can imagine. Perhaps these underground bases are connected with complex systems of secret tunnels crisscrossing North America, and within those tunnels, high-speed maglev trains. If this all seems too fantastic, consider this. In 1987, the Deputy Director of Engineering and Construction for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers gave a speech at an engineering conference entitled Underground Facilities for Defense, Experience and Lessons. In the first paragraph of his speech, he states the following. After World War II, political and economic factors changed the underground construction picture and caused a renewed interest to think underground. As a result of this interest, the Corps of Engineers became involved in the design and construction of some very complex and interesting military projects. Although the conference program indicates the topic to be underground facilities for defense, experience, and lessons. I must deviate a little because several of the most interesting facilities that have been designed 
and constructed by the Corps are classified. He then went on into a discussion of the Corps' involvement in the 1960s in the construction of the large and elaborate NORAD base buried deep beneath Cheyenne Mountain in Colorado. This is just a public statement, but you'll not find a more significant public admission of secret underground bases than this one. People speaking is not the only evidence available. There are actual documents obtained by researchers through the Freedom of Information Act that shed more light on the subject and clearly outline plans for the construction of underground facilities. These are documents available which expose a deep underground command center that was to be built far below such uh, or sorry far below areas such as Washington DC and China Lake California uh, China Lake California during the Cold War documents available show that in 1964 the military was considering building a huge underground cavity 4000 feet deep beneath China Lake it's well known the United States and the Soviet Union created a vast infrastructure to support a complex of offensive and defensive weapons during the Cold War this infrastructure include, included sites and facilities for developing testing, storing, and manufacturing weapons. There was also a host... Oops, sorry, my computer just went blinko there for a second. Let me see if we can get that up and running while we're live and on the air. Sorry about that. Uh, in, any, in any event, um, there's probably very few people who know more about said underground bases, rumors, myths, legends of underground bases, and perhaps the reality of underground bases. Richard Sauter is the author of Hidden in Plain Sight, Beyond the X-Files, which is about secret underground bases. He's experienced first-hand contact, first-hand contact with a variety of paranormal phenomena, convincing him that there is much more going on than what we are being told. How far down do these bases go? What leaks are coming from the classified world? What has the U.S. Navy planned for beneath the ocean floor? Are there bases beneath the ocean floor? What's going on beneath Washington, D.C.? Are there, as I mentioned earlier, high-speed underground maglev systems? What is the connection with UFOs and the alien question? Hidden in Plain Sight, Beyond the X-Files, is a book that truly goes where no other book has gone before. It's a must-read for any and all who are seeking to understand the full magnitude of the matrix-like reality of our civilization. Using a combination of archival research, on-the-scene investigation, and first-hand interviews, Richard Sauter takes the reader into a world that is under the ground and under the ocean. It's a world that we are exposed, or that, that we are supposed to think is impossible. And yet, after reviewing his evidence, it seems all too likely. Richard Sauter, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Thank you, Richard. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm doing better than I was a couple of years ago. Thank you. Well, that's uh, uh, interesting. How do you mean you're doing better than you were a few years ago? What has happened uh, in the last couple of years to you? Well, I, I, was, I was almost killed a couple of years ago, and, and I spent several months in the, in the public hospital system here in Ecuador. And I want to thank the um, public hospitals for giving me a space to recuperate for a few months. Initially, I couldn't even stand up. I couldn't take one step without falling over. I basically lost most of the function of my legs, especially below the knees. But I've slowly rebounded and recuperated. Some people think there may have been alphabet soup, American alphabet soup involvement behind the scenes. And what happened to me, I couldn't tell you that that is the case. In any event, um, 
I was assaulted and nearly killed. Uh, I survived the attack. I'm still recuperating a little more than two years later. And so it's my pleasure to spend an hour talking with you. Uh, now, if we connect the dots a little bit, is it because of the information that you've divulged regarding secret underground bases? Is that the reason perhaps there was an attempt on your life? I don't know. I couldn't say. Um, I'm also an anti-nuclear activist and have been for many years. Um, I've spent time incarcerated in the United States for my nonviolent anti-nuclear uh, peaceful protests. I'm also a blogger uh, and have been blogging for uh, ever since I've been in Ecuador, which is four and one half years. So I, you know, whatever I might say about the motive behind the attack on me would be speculation. What I can tell you is that I was very nearly killed. It was a close call and uh, I barely survived. It's two years later. I am still recuperating. And so I'm very happy to be speaking with you this evening. What you have said about underground bases is all true. Uh, there's no question that these facilities exist. There are many of them, and not only in the United States. They are underground, and as I have been told, and as my research indicates, also undersea. They can be quite elaborate, quite deep, quite large, and quite technologically sophisticated. People really need to wrap their heads around the fact that they have been massively lied to, and the world is seriously different than we have been told. Well, uh, you know, if, if we've learned nothing from Edward Snowden, uh, who shed a great deal of light on this black budget world and the idea that, you know, there is a, we're living in a world full of these special access programs and they have siphoned off, uh, trillions of dollars every year, trillions every year to, to, uh, uh, conduct these black op programs. And, and how much of that money has been funneled into these underground bases, do you suspect? Well, you can't put a dollar figure on it, you see, because it's compartmentalized. But I would say a, a great deal has been lavished on underground bases and tunnels and undersea facilities. And also my research from time to time in my research, I, I got indications that probably this business of tunneling and building secret under, shall we, shall we say, subsurface facilities may well extend to the moon and possibly to Mars and other bodies. Wow, underground, underground bases uh, on the moon. Yes. Well, I, you know, in my first book, uh, and by the way, all of my books are linked to from my blog site, which is linked to from, from your website, I believe. That's correct. But, but so you can get all, all three of my books that are currently in print. But in my first book, um, Underground Bases and Tunnels, What is the Government? trying to hide, I gave towards the end of that short book, which was my first cut at this subject matter, uh, a little bit of documentation from one of the documents I obtained, I believe, from Jacobs Associates Engineering Firm, which is, Jacobs has been involved in 
in underground excavating uh, excavations and construction for a variety of of American government agencies, military. Richard, let me just uh, jump in here. Excuse me, Richard. We'll, we'll, uh, we're running up against a break here. Uh, sit tight. We'll come back on okay. the other side and, and discuss this. Richard Sauter joining us live from Ecuador, back with more of The Conspiracy Show as we discuss secret underground bases. Don't go away. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations, what goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Richard Sauter, Ph.D., is with us, and his new book is entitled Hidden in Plain Sight Beyond the X-Files, and we've hooked up to uh, Richard's uh, blog spot. If you go to uh, richardserrett.com, click on Richard Sauter's name, it will take you to eventhorizonchronicle.blogspot.com and uh, there you'll see in addition to his blog posts a number of his books including the new one Hidden in Plain Sight also Underwater and Underground Bases and Underground Bases and Tunnel What is the government trying to hide? Now in in addition to uh, you know documents from uh, you know secured through through FOIA I mean you've had uh, encounters with uh, individuals. For example, I understand that you were you were giving a, a, a public talk a number of years ago, and I believe this was you, Richard. Correct me if I'm wrong, but were you not approached by a man who had been a uniformed member of the United States Navy who who worked at China Lake and a, and a, and, a, and the underground facility there? Well, I I want to get back to the anecdote first of all that I was mentioning before the break, and that is in one of the documents oh, yes, yes, yes. that I found in my research. There was an allusion to transporting uh, a so-called subsaline tunneling machine to the moon to make subsurface tunnels on the moon. And that was circa the 1970s, something like that. So it did not – the document did not say how the subsaline machine, nuclear-powered by the way, would be taken to the moon. Um, my guess is it would – perhaps be taken by some of these heavy lift black triangles because I don't believe that using chemical rockets is a feasible way to transport pieces of machinery that are hundreds of feet long and weigh, you know, hundreds of tons to the moon. I strongly suspect this heavy lift anti-grav black triangle technology is in use uh, by the compartmentalized programs in the American uh, military-industrial complex and has been for some time. Now, getting back to your uh, the rest of your question about talking with people, uh, uniformed members of the Navy, I have talked to a lot of individuals uh, from a variety of uh, backgrounds, both military and non-military, hard science and non-science, um, right across the spectrum. So um, without being too specific, because one of the conditions that a lot of people have for speaking with me is that I not out them, the, the reason being that um, uh, the penalties for breaking security oaths in the United States military industrial espionage 
complex can be quite severe. Oh, yeah. These people play uh, for keeps. <laughs> no question. Oh, they play. Richard, they play for keeps. By keeps meaning um, they will take you out. They will do unspeakable things maybe to your family. Uh, taking away your your lifelong pension is the least of what they can and will do. They kill people. As one of my uh, – there's one man I knew for years who worked for United States Air Force Intelligence, and I talked with him uh, about many things over the years. Uh, and w- one day we were talking, and I asked him if he had ever been approached by the CIA to work for them. And he said, oh, yes. And I said, well, what did you tell them? And he said, well, of course, I turned them down. And I said, why? And he said, well, Richard, the CIA even kills their own. So why would I want to work for them? And and that's true. There's no honor among thieves. And when you're talking about the American intelligence agencies, especially, but not only the CIA, um, they are vicious, equal opportunity assassins, and they will just as gladly stab one of their own operators in the back as they will blow out the brains of someone else. So when you're, when you're dealing with these compartmentalized programs, if you're in, you're in, and you never get out. What my perception is, is that a fair number of people who get involved in these projects find out uh, the deep wickedness that is often involved. Stealing money by the millions and the billions and the trillions is one aspect of it. Uh, another aspect of it is, as I just alluded to, they kill people. And it's 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 just nasty. What can I say? Well, and I believe to what end though? I believe, to what end are these well, to, bases being to the constructed? End of control, control. All right, but control what, of the earth, control of the earth, uh, everything above the earth, everything on the earth, everything below the earth. These are incredible control freaks. And yes, I have talked to people who've been in the bases, who've worked in them, who've helped construct them. I've talked to people who 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 know about them. Uh, just from a lot of different perspectives. For example, you mentioned Navy personnel, and I've talked to a fair number of people in the United States Navy over the last 20 years, and I am very satisfied that there are undersea bases, manned undersea bases, and also that there are submarine bases, I mean bases that accommodate large military submarines on both coasts of North America with access tunnels that come in from undersea. And you have to understand these large military submarines are, um, my God, they're five, 600 feet long, which is on the order of up to 200 meters long or 200 yards long. They're, they're enormous. And the, the height of them they can be a hundred feet or more from the bottom of the hull to the top of the conning tower. So we're talking about 30 meters or more from the bottom of the hull to the top of the conning tower. So they're, they're massive ocean going vessels. And so you can imagine the advances that have been made in marine engineering 
to create tunnels undersea that can accommodate vessels of this size and then airlocks that are that massive that these submarines can go into undersea and then either travel into bases that would be built down in the solid rock in the seafloor deep beneath the surface of the sea or wouldn't they could enter tunnels and then travel through the tunnels and come into underground bases or dry docks that would be inland in coastal areas but inland and this technology uh, has been under uh, research and design since at least the 1960s which is 50 years ago a half a century ago so we're talking about uh, projects that are well advanced the technology is just mind-bending and I recently did an interview on the radio where the host actually was um, an ex um, member of the United States Navy and I got to talking about the Altec facility in the Bahamas on Andros Island this is off the southeast coast of Florida mm-hmm. uh, in the northern Caribbean Sea region and that has been on Andros Island, a United States Navy base for over half a century, going back, I believe, to the 1950s. Um, he said, my research was pointing that direction, but I had no corroboration. But he corroborated for me that, in fact, there is an underground submarine base there, and the submarines come in through underwater tunnels, and then there is like a, a dry dock area, where they can uh, berth, tie up at the dock for repairs. And my research indicates that this type of base has been planned for by the United States Navy since the 1960s. I have documentation from the Navy. And pardon me, I took a drink of water. And also from the Stanford uh, Research Institute in California, both from the mid-1960s to late-1960s, calling for the construction of these major manned undersea bases, which could even be either along the coastline of North America, for example, or any other large land mass, or could be accessed from islands anywhere in the world, such as the Bahamas or Bermuda, is another example, or Diego Garcia, in the middle of the Indian Ocean. There are many examples, you see. Let's see, England is an island also, isn't it? Yes, um, indeed. Or, or or, they could be accessed uh, in a deep-sea environment. The way that would happen, as per the documentation I obtained openly, it wasn't classified, is that um, using petroleum industry technology, they would use great big bores, and bore huge cylindrical holes in the ocean floor, right in the bedrock. They could be 8, 10, 15, 20 feet in diameter. And say you you drill a a perfect hole 100 feet deep, and then you insert a huge stainless steel cylinder in that hole and cement it into place with fast uh, solidifying underwater cement. Then you have um, an airlock on the end of that tube, and use that airlock to evacuate the water 
from the tube, and then you pump in a breathable atmosphere. And then you see, using submarines, you send down crews, highly trained tunneling crews, and you put them through that airlock along with drilling equipment, and they go to work there under sea and then tunnel out from that initial borehole, and then submarines can come, and with their airlocks, they can lock on to that airlock on that on that tube, and that's the means of access. And then as you go uh, and burrow further, you can make an entire undersea labyrinth in the bedrock beneath the sea. Do you see how that's done? Uh, well, as best I can wrap my head around an undertaking like that. So we, they are tunneling under the ocean. But again, I, get, uh, I mean, who is doing this? Are we talking primarily, is this a, a globalist regime that's in charge of this? Or is this uh... I suspect, I suspect. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that when I was researching my last book, I was contacted by a man who told me of a facility he knew, knew of from his work that was being constructed in the Gulf of Mexico. He told me by Parsons, which is one of the major civil engineering companies in the United States. And um, so there's an example of a corporate facility. He didn't know the purpose of it, but he worked in an industry that provides equipment that is only used in deep underground mining context so that when he was told by this company that they needed this equipment that his that he uniquely provided for for use in a facility in the Gulf of Mexico he knew instantly it had to be an undersea facility actually burrowed down in the bedrock what's being stored down there all kinds of things. From the documentation that I have seen uh, in the planning documents, um, there were three things that popped up. Nuclear missiles, nuclear bases, uh, submarine bases for the submarines to come and go and for the crews to just stay, you know, instead of patrolling for half a year at a time. It would be more comfortable to go in a place where you could play ping pong and lift weights and uh, et cetera, have a library and on and on um, and with normal kitchens. Another thing is uh, scientific uh, facilities for studying ge- geology and geophysics and also mining. You know, if you had your own private uranium mine or gold mine or platinum mine, well, just think of it. You could make billions of dollars and uh, it would be all yours so there's there's plenty of incentive right there what, from, what if, from mining sure. alone what about uh, of underground facilities or under ocean facilities uh, that would be used to house individuals in the event of some cataclysmic event and I'm, when i say individuals i mean we're talking about the elites here this breakaway civilization yeah, for example yeah i believe i believe that's i, I believe that's probably going on, but because you're dealing with very tightly compartmentalized projects, I doubt you will find any documentation on the public record. I looked, and I didn't see any. I don't think you will find it. The other thing is secret prisons. You know, uh, Richard, a lot of people disappear on this world every year. Thousands and thousands of people disappear. I presume some of them for whatever reason, are being held in secret prisons. All right, Richard, I've got uh, under to... Gas- okay, I have to jump in here. We'll take another time out. Back with 
Richard Sauter, Ph.D., author of Hidden in Plain Sight Beyond the X-Files, as we discuss secret underground and under-ocean bases, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, we'll get back to our conversation with Richard Sauter, Ph.D., author of Hidden in Plain Sight Beyond the X-Files, as we discuss underground bases, secret underground, under-ocean bases. Now, I've been reading a lot also about this uh, this China Lake uh, installation or underground installation, and uh, you have been in contact with individuals that have told you about that. I've heard that this is somewhere on the order of 4,000 feet below the surface, I mean, are there any clues, any um, any hints uh, above ground as to what lies beneath? Not necessarily. Sometimes there are, and sometimes there are not. Uh, these facilities can be cleverly disguised. They can be accessed from tunnels that originate miles away from where the facility proper uh May be, may be sighted or situated. So, uh, sometimes yes, there will be infrastructure above ground that you can see and you will say, aha, there's something here below the ground. On other cases, no, there wouldn't necessarily have to be any surface indication. So, uh, there may or may not be. And what I can tell you is that, uh, even already uh, in the documents I saw, from the 50s and 60s in the, in the past century, there was discussion as to how to camouflage these types of facil- clandestine facilities. And I believe the technology for concealing these things is probably considerably advanced these days. Uh, they can be anywhere, beneath a, a large city, beneath a small town, in a desert isolated area. They can be beneath mountains, beneath the sea, beneath a marsh. What you see above ground or on the surface, uh, it, you may perceive the surface as being very uninviting, but you see that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what is going on 5,000 feet down or 10,000 feet down or 13,000 feet down. Early on, in my research, uh, I didn't have a good idea as to how deep these things can be. And now I understand that they can be very deep indeed. As one expert put it to me in, in one of my many conversations uh, with a variety of people over 20 years, I asked him, how deep can these underground facilities be? And he said, well, you know, the state of the art is is a mile underground and today that is that that is a comparative a child's play to go one mile underground and those were his words so i would say conservatively one mile underground and and what is the lower limit is it two miles three miles five miles i can't tell you you see that's compartmentalized classified information what i can tell you is based on the documentation I have found and on conversations with people who know, I can very comfortably say, comfortably say that to go and build a facility one mile down or one mile beneath the sea, uh, that is, uh, 
state-of-the-art for marine engineering technology and for civil engineering technology in our time. I'm thinking about uh, Area 51 or or Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Um, Well, let's talk about Area 51. And, and uh, you know, we've heard about S-4 and different and various levels and, and, and uh, compartments within, uh, you know, Groom Lake. What what do we know about the possibility of a, a, an underground base there? Oh, yes. Well, you have to understand 90% of Nevada is under control of a variety of, of um, United States government agencies, both military and non-military. My research would suggest that the the surface ownership of the land doesn't have too much to do with what's occurring underground. Uh, everything that I have seen indicates to me that uh, there's quite a lot underground in Nevada and that um, let your imagination run. That's all I can say. All right, Richard, we'll uh, take one final time out, come back, and uh, hold on to you for a few moments later, but we have to ask the big Lollapalooza, and that is about your first-hand contact with a, with a variety of paranormal phenomena, uh, and what is the connection between UFOs and ETs and these underground bases? Richard Sauter, Ph.D., author of Hidden in Plain Sight, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Congratulations to Mary Olick of Toronto, who won herself a pair of tickets to Follow the Truth, April 26th at the Regent Theatre in Oshawa. And for more information, followthetruth.tv and to order your tickets, 905 721 3399. Dr. Uh, Douglas Cottrell standing by, Canada's Edgar Casey, uh, just before the top of the hour, just for a quick uh, uh, chat to talk about his upcoming event in Toronto in uh, March and also his appearance at Follow the Truth. Uh, Richard Sauter, PhD, the author of Hidden in Plain Sight, Beyond the X-Files, talking about a secret underground basis. Uh, Got to ask you about um, your own uh, personal experience with what you describe as a variety of paranormal phenomena. Uh, with relation to these bases, Richard? Yes, well, not only with relation to the bases, but to everything on this, on this planet and beyond. And actually, that would be quite an extensive conversation that is not well suited to commercial radio with its uh, commercial interruptions and restricted time format. Uh, but the brief, very brief Cliff Notes version is that at the age of three, I was uh, had an encounter with what I called the Bone Lady, all capital letters. Uh, she would be a, I, I would say, a demigoddess, if you had to use one word in the English language to describe her. And she downloaded a lot of information to me. That was my initiation into shall we say, real reality and not the matrix reality. We are born into the matrix reality. There is some truth in the matrix movie, especially in the first, say, hour of the matrix movie. Um, But once you um, are caught up into the matrix, it can be quite hard 
to remove the blinders unless you get a little help. The bone lady gave me a little. Are you there, Richard? Uh, did we lose Richard? I think we may have. We, we've lost uh, Richard. Uh, we've lost Richard in Ecuador. He was just telling us about the bone lady, and I'd be curious to know whether she was extraterrestrial or interdimensional. Uh, in any event, we may, uh, well, if we can't get him back, we'll get uh, Dr. Douglas uh, Cottrell on here, who is standing by uh, to discuss his upcoming event in March. Candidate is Edgar Casey, remote viewer, who will be joining us as well at uh, Follow Richard, the Truth. Do we have, oh, me? we have Richard back. Yes, you're back, Richard. Yes, we were cut off. We were rudely cut off when I began talking about the bone lady. All right. And I would add, remind your listeners that all of the Internet, Skype, Yahoo, Google, Facebook, all of it is monitored, surveilled, and controlled by the alphabet soup agencies okay. of the United States government. All right. So we were cut off. All right. The, the, the bone, bone lady. lady. Is she extraterrestrial, interdimensional? The bone lady. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, the bone lady is beyond that. You see, the matrix, When once you be, begin to wrap your head around the matrix or poke it out of the matrix, you realize that a lot of our language is matrix-related and that even words such as terrestrial and extraterrestrial past a certain point are of limited utility hmm. because we have been so blinded. Our entire mental construct is a prison. All right. Um, and so just because we're very tight on time, and we'll have you back on uh, uh, and discuss further, but uh, what is the then the, the connection uh, with underground bases and, and UFOs, I, I, because we, we have many, many reports of, of UFOs seen flying, uh, landing in the ocean. Uh, uh, we have the Shag Harbor incident, of course, in, in uh, the 1960s up here off the coast of Canada. Well, we've lost them again. Okay, well, these intelligence agencies, I guess, who are monitoring Skype. I, I tell you what, Tim, um, why don't we just get uh, Dr. Cottrell on? We're trying to reach Dr. Uh, Souter in Ecuador, who is joining us tonight by Skype, and he seems to think that perhaps some of these uh, alphabet uh, intel agencies are playing havoc with the connection, given the sensitive nature of what we are discussing. I'll just remind you, Richard Souter is uh, the author of Hidden in Plain Sight, Beyond the X-Files, and... If you've been uh, sort of subtly or suitably uh, teased by what we've discussed in this short uh, time, you can go to the website, richardserrett.com, click on Richard's name, and that'll take you to his blog, which is eventhorizonchronicle.blogspot.com. Yes, I am here, okay. Richard. Just uh, a few closing uh, remarks then. Sorry for, sorry for the, uh, the trouble, Richard. Okay, so you, uh, UFOs and underground bases. Uh, what is the what is the connection? I mean, uh, is there one? I'm sorry, we have been cut off twice, and what I was saying is that this entire mental construct is a prison. This entire planet is operating under the most severe mental and spiritual interference you can imagine. And just when we began talking about that, we have been cut off twice. That's true. That's true. 
Um, and unfortunately, we're just about out of time. Would, can we can we make this another date? Can we uh, can we have you back? Yes, on? we can. We can have a series of conversations. When I tell you, if you're going, if we're going into this, we will go very deeply, and that is intended. It's not a pun. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate uh, you joining us tonight from Ecuador. Again, the book is Hidden in Plain Sight, Beyond the X-Files. We'll have you on again, Richard, and uh, we'll, we'll do part two of this as we discuss uh, underground bases and the, uh, the connection to the UFO ET issue. I really appreciate your time tonight, Richard. Thank you, Richard. I All appreciate right. it. Be well. All right, Richard Sauter. Okay, uh, just uh, for a very quick little hit here, we're welcoming aboard uh, a, a big friend of the program, of course. He is uh, known as Candidate Edgar Casey, the man with X-ray eyes, and I'm very pleased he'll be joining us in Oshawa Sunday, April the 26th at Follow the Truth. And, of course, that is Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Hello, Douglas. How are you? Oh, I'm fine tonight, Richard. Thank you. Lovely show tonight, as usual, and I'm looking forward to uh, being in Oshawa with you and being able to demonstrate the uh, quantum mind deep trance meditation method that uh, Edgar Casey, Ross Peterson, Paul Solomon, and I have um, uh, been of service to the world, so to speak. Uh, and it's going to be an exciting time, I think, in Oshawa. Oh, incredibly exciting. I mean, th- this is not something that you have done in Canada a lot, I'm guessing. I mean, uh, you're, I know that you're, you're called to, to speak uh, before people in, in, in Europe uh, quite a bit. But have you ever done anything like this on live, on a stage in, in North America before? Not in North America. In Poland, uh, and, uh, Katowice, which I mispronounced the name, I always do. There were more than a thousand people on stage that I did this for. Um, I've done this in, in Spain as well, in, uh, Madrid, Barcelona, and also in the south, uh, in, um, a place called, uh, Cordova. Okay. And when, uh, as well as Grucha. All right. So Sorry. when people, when people arrive at, uh, the Regent Theater on, uh, April the 26th, and the curtain goes up. They're going to see you in that iconic leather recliner chair, and you will be on stage, but in a deep meditative trance. Correct? Well, I think we're going to. I'm going to take a walk on stage first, and it's going to take a couple of minutes to show people how I get into that. Right. Okay. And this this is a phenomena that anybody who's read anything about Edgar Casey and always wanted to know: was there someone else that could do this, or how was this done? Can I have this, uh, can I develop this ability? And is this really a true ability of being able to tap into the super subconscious mind or the quantum mind and reach out into the Akashic Records? We're going to do this on stage live in front of the audience. And as usual, my friend, I'm going to trust my soul, put it in your hands, that I'm not just going to disappear, never come back to this body uh, when you ask me questions or uh, put me into this uh Right, because uh, there, there is some situation. risk to this. There, this is not, uh, yeah, what is the risk exactly? It's huge risk. Uh, Edgar Casey experienced uh, uh, a lot of pain, and so did my mentor, Ross Peterson, when people did things to them. Uh, poked him with pins when Edgar Casey was in trance, passed a piece of paper across his chest and, and severed the, the silver cord that sort of connected his soul that was out there in the universe at the time from his body, which was asleep in, uh, I think it was Virginia Beach. Uh, Ross Peterson was given suggestions to go into a body in which somebody had jaundice and was, uh, was very sick with, uh, uh, diabetes. And when he came out, they decided not to give him the canceling statements. And uh, when Ross came out, he turned yellow, and he almost went into a diabetic shock. 
So uh, when you reach out and you go into somebody else's mind or body, you pick up a little of the circumstances or situation or health issues. I, I've had pains in my arms. I've been dizzy. My uh, heart rate has been um, uh, fluctuating. I felt nauseous, now, depending on where I was and, and in the early stages. As you get to do this, you know, 42 years later now, uh, those uh, those situations don't quite develop. But my heart rate goes down. It looks like I'm not breathing. And people, when they watch me, bring your binoculars, have a look at it. This is a real deal. You're going to see somebody go into that altered state of consciousness that will be in this in the in the Hindu religion. It's called or these practices called Shamanti mind. You're going to see somebody actively go and touch uh, upon their soul mind, which will be in contact with just about everybody in the audience in some. Right. And while you're in this deep meditative trance, I will be asking you questions, you know, the big questions. Uh, maybe it'll be something like, you know, who killed JFK? Uh, but you'll be tapped into the Akashic Record and your soul mind will be providing the answers to these age-old uh, mysteries. Uh, well, so, and many times I've done that and there's uh, lots of YouTube videos on me. There's lots of, uh, of uh, books. There's lots of uh, shows you and I have done where we've uh, we, we've answered questions like that right. and you know many of the predictions I've made in my book in the Renaissance on your book and some of the things I've said on your show the prophecies have come true about earth changes where does that information come from it comes from the future it's called clairvoyance and we've done a lot on your show and this is going to be an amazing time on stage when people are going to see this for the, for themselves and I hope it inspires people to believe, to give evidence to themselves that they can develop this ability to perceive the future, tap into the Akashic Records, uh, meditate, and, and make good decisions. And even yourself, Richard, i got to remind you, you know, we did an experiment on my show when you were doing some remote viewing, and you, we were pretty impressive when I had that object on my desk and you were describing it. That's just, so, the, yeah, the other night I did your, uh, I was on your radio program, and uh, I don't know if I would say now that I'm two for two in the remote viewing business, but uh, yeah, I was pleased with the result. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, another time, but uh, just very quickly, okay, so that's on, Sunday. Next, next Next, uh, yeah, next Saturday I'm going to be in town Saturday. to uh, uh, to do a past life recall workshop for people who want to explore their own past, uh, and that'll be at the Holiday Inn in Toronto. And then go to my website douglasjamescockrell.com and for more information or call my office nine zero five three nine three five one zero four again in the nine zero five three nine three fifty one zero four. This is an all day seminar where we're going to explore. Uh, is there life after life? Is there something in the pre-existence where we plan our life? Can okay. we benefit by knowing our karma uh, to overcome blocks and, and situations that may be holding us back from huge wealth and advancing ourselves forward uh, and to be successful and, and have accomplishments and find, most importantly, uh, the God within, you know, the power within. Is Give us the date again, God? Douglas. Give us the date again. It's going to be next Saturday, next Saturday, March the 7th, at the Holiday Inn, starts at 10:30. It's going to run till five, or we'll run till they kick us out of the building. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it'll be it'll be fantastic. It'll be something for everybody. And I'm inviting yourself and George, uh, uh, if you'd like to mosey on down and kind of you know wear the disguises and check us out. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So we have that to look forward to, and then also, of course, uh, you will be live on stage Sunday, April the 26th at Follow the Truth, FollowTheTruth.tv. Thank you, Douglas. Look forward to seeing you. Look forward to being in Oshawa with you. It was an amazing time last time, and, and this time, it, with all the wonderful guests, it promises to be bigger and better. Looking forward to being there with you, my friend. All right, my friend. That's okay. it. Good night. Good night.
follow the truth.